Good day and welcome to The Dish, a connectivity business news podcast. I'm Deputy Editor Nathan Strout. This week, I caught up with Brian Harton, Executive Vice President at SATCOM Provider Iridium at the Satellite 2023 Conference in Washington, D.C. to discuss Iridium's recent deal with Qualcomm to bring satellite connectivity to Android phones and the future of direct-to-device SATCOM. So we've seen Iridium make some interesting strides in the direct-to-device market yep. recently, um, specifically looking at the Qualcomm announcement, which right. was huge. Yep. Uh, but before we get into that agreement really specifically, I was wondering if you could talk uh, about the direct-to-device market more generally. Sure. What does that opportunity look like for Iridium? Yeah, so you know, I'll take a step back. So yeah. um, you know, our business today, one of our key strategies is offering enabling technology, right? So we enable our you know, ecosystem of 500 plus partners. You know, we traditionally had done that with, you know, our, our modules or our chipsets. Um, and that really has served us well in IoT, maritime, land mobile and aviation. But, you know, when it came to directed device, we really um, knew that in order, order to be successful, we would have to, you know, fit into the existing form factor of a smartphone. So that you know, was a key criteria for us as well as for Qualcomm, our partner. Um, so that was one of the, you know, differentiators for us, you know, to get into this market. So that was one of the, you know, the key strategies or key principles that we followed, you know, in this, in this uh, arrangement with Qualcomm, which has, you know, so far uh, been very well received by the market. So in terms of the overall directed device market, I think, you know, there's a lot of noise out there. Um, there are a lot of, you know, potential new entrants that are taking, you know, a bit of a different approach. But we feel that our approach in terms of working with Qualcomm, who has, you know, presence and penetrates, you know, all the Android smartphones, you know, in the world, that's going to serve us, you know, very well. Obviously, you know, you got Apple and Globalstar doing what they're doing, um, you know, which, you know, they were the first to announce. But we really feel confident that our approach you know, with Qualcomm, and you can see by some of the announcements already, some of the major Android OEMs globally, um, you know, are, 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 you know, working and relying with on Qualcomm and our underlying satellite technology, um, you know, to offer this service globally. Well, uh, you know, walk us through that Qualcomm uh, arrangement a little bit. Sure. Uh, how did it come about? Uh, how long have you been looking into this? Yeah. What were the specific things that Qualcomm, and you've touched on this a little bit already, yeah. right? But what are yeah. the things they brought to the table for you? So, so I'll just take a step back. It was probably uh, late 2020. Um, and Cristiano Aymon, who at the time was not the CEO of Qualcomm, he was the chief strategy officer, he approached Matt Dash, our CEO, to to see a, if we were interested and then really explore the technical possibilities, you know, the art of the possible, whether we could do this or not. So we started to engage with them in some, you know, I would say high level discussions. And then I got involved in, uh, in early 21, uh, 2021. And um, we really worked in parallel while we were, they were developing using our, our waveform. Uh, our customized special waveform for this. Mm -hmm. um, we also work the commercial deal in parallel. There were there two agreements. One is a uh, development agreement or a collaboration agreement. That's what the deal that really uh, governs the technical um, uh, development and deployment of Iridium's uh, communication capability and connectivity onto their Snapdragon platform. Um, and 
you know, it's taking you know our satellite waveform and making it work on their Snapdragon, which proliferates, you know, smartphones as well as other devices uh, globally for you know in the Android market. Um, so while the the development we got that done in May of 2022 last year, and then the second part of this is Qualcomm is you know also the service provider. Now what I would call the wholesale service provider, which you know, that's right in our wheelhouse, right? We do that all day long with, you know, our technology partners today and our ecosystem of partners. And what that gives them the ability to do is they now are the wholesale service provider that they can take out and they've got different constituents that they can approach because like you as an end user, you know, you want to be able to make sure that you have that satellite service on your smartphone, but from, you know, probably somebody you're familiar with. That could be the MNOs, it could be Google. Um, there is announcement, obviously, with Garmin that Garmin can do the SOS. So, you know, really, uh, it remains to be seen how Qualcomm is going to finalize who the retail service provider is going to be. But they have all the tools and all the capabilities from Iridium to be successful at that. Can you walk us through a bit of the scale of this agreement, right? Because it seems it, it seems huge. Yeah. Um, do you have an idea by the end of the year how many Android devices this will be available on, or is that still being worked out? No, that's uh, it's still being worked. It's going to be expanded, but um, they just made an announcement at Mobile World Congress, right? So, back if you back up a little bit, they announced we jointly announced at CES, Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, back in uh, January, mm -hmm. um, that you know Qualcomm, Iridium, and they mentioned Garmin in that as well, um, had struck these agreements to be able to offer satellite service globally on, an, on a, a Snapdragon-enabled smartphone. Then at Mobile World Congress, they announced, I think, six. Keep me straight, Kelly. Um, but they announced uh, Xiaomi, Oppo, OnePlus, Motorola, Honor, and a name I did not know about, nothing, which is real. Um, <laughs> so those are global you know, OEMs that operate you know, around the world. Now, obviously, the one that... Um, you know, everybody's wondering when they're going to announce is is Samsung, um, and you know I can't go into a lot of the detail there, but suffice it to say that it would be um, Samsung. You know, having this capability in their lineup of devices is a very natural thing, um, and so those are those are the really the, the big names, right, for smartphones. And you know, when I first started getting involved in this, you know, I'm an I was. You know, I'm familiar with Apple, familiar with Android, but you know, the, the market for Android smartphones is larger than the market for you know iPhones, right? Um, and you know, by having these OEMs secured, we are starting to work with those OEMs already to make sure that the the capability works in their devices, that they get certified in our network. So I think to answer your question, by the end of this year, probably in the you know late third quarter. Uh, you're going to start to see announcements uh, and launches of Android smartphones with Iridium satellite capability available on those Snapdragon-enabled phones, which is which is really exciting. Yeah, so, and I know you've been working on this for a long time, right? You just walked us through the timeline yeah. a little yeah. bit. Uh, when the Global Star Apple deal was announced last fall, do yeah. you feel like that pushed some OEMs um, to realize that this is something they need on their phones, or is this just been in the works so long that it? Didn't yeah, I think happen? a little bit of both. I think you know there was a lot of rumor and speculation out there, right? Yeah. That so when when Apple announced, it wasn't necessarily you know 
a big surprise, right? It was like, okay, we expected that to happen, right? And then, you know, we had been getting incoming questions about, okay, well, what are you guys doing? And we, you know, we couldn't go into the detail until we got the, the agreement signed. But um, uh, I think, you know, once it became reality that Apple and GlobalStar had announced and that capability is going to be on a smart, on, on an iPhone, um, then I think the expectation from the, the Android OEMs only grew. And I think while this was, was going on, I think Qualcomm did a very good job of, you know, previewing the, with those OEMs what capability that they had. Um, and I think that helped, you know, accelerate some of the, our own development with, with Qualcomm, but also some of the, you know, being able to bring these devices to market uh, in 2023 with, you know, Iridium's global um, satellite connectivity to support, you know, different use cases, but probably we'll start with, um, you know, uh, emergency services, SOS, but there's other messaging capabilities that the service um, uh, is capable of. Uh, you know, looking beyond smartphones and, yep. and beyond that technology, do you have an idea of where this is going to be expanded to yeah. next as far as direct-to-device goes? Yeah, so I think, you know, um, one of the obvious markets um, is automotive, right? And we Iridium, uh, you know, we're in a lot of different industries with our current technology. Um, but automotive is one of those spaces which we haven't had a lot of, you know, presence or traction. This capability with Qualcomm, who is in you know a lot of the leading auto manufacturers uh, around the world, they have that um, presence today, and just like they were able to develop you know the Snapdragon 800, which is their premium um, chip with Iridium, they also have uh, a chip or you know system on a chip SOC that they also have in the auto market today. And the Iridium satellite capability can be added to that chip just like it was with the Snapdragon 800. So stay tuned uh, on that one. And then really, in, you know, there's broader um, you know, devices, tablets, um, watches, um, and then the whole world of IoT, right? Um, and you know, I've been out to Qualcomm a lot in the last uh, two years. Um, and IoT, you know, you walk into their lobby, you know, IoT is one of those areas that they're looking to, you know, maintain their position in, but also expand their, their position. And, uh, you know, satellite's a great differentiator, you know, to, you know, their existing lineup um, of Snapdragons in various industries. So, you know, we're going to work each of those markets, you know, as the opportunity arises. Um, you know, we were pretty deliberate in working with Qualcomm to initially focus on smartphones, get that development done. But um, they're they're extremely capable uh, technology partner, um, and we've been very impressed with the performance of the service, the speed at which they developed, um, and the thought that they've they've put into this. And it gives us the scale that you know. Um, we wanted, right? Um, they've got you know great reach across different industries. They're a leader, um, you know, in the field, and uh, we think that um, you know we will partnering with them is a very strategic move that is going to get us expansion um, that we were looking for. Yeah, well, well, let's expand on that a little bit yep. and talk about competition. Sure. Because it wasn't just the Apple Global Start deal, right? SpaceX is also has the deal with T-Mobile, and, and the, I mean, if you go around the conference yeah. today, you're yeah, going to yeah. hear everyone talking direct yeah. to device. Yep. Uh, 
how do you position yourself to either maintain or grow your yeah. market share moving forward? So I would say, you know, this is a term that gets, you know, overused, but I would say first mover advantage is, is real, right? Mm -hmm. Because yes, Apple and, and Global Star are out there, but um, our satellite connectivity in a smartphone is, is here. Um, it's just got to get, you know, finalized in some of these devices and then get rolled out. So it, it's... It's here and now, it's capable in 2023, and you're gonna see more announcements um, uh, when these devices actually launch. You mentioned T-Mobile and SpaceX, not to you know, uh, throw shade on anybody else, but um, you know, that's dependent on a couple things, right? A dig-ass satellite, right, that is gonna have to be launched to be able to support that service. That's not been done yet. And a big ass rocket to launch that satellite, right, is going to have to be developed, and um, you know that is not here yet, right? And then I just knowing what we we did with Qualcomm to develop this capability on a smartphone, uh, it did take some work, right? The existing Android smartphones today can't just magically, you know, get the the Iridium connectivity in a Snapdragon. It had to be developed, and I just struggle that. You know, this large satellite, this large rocket that hasn't been developed yet or launched is going to magically interoperate with an existing smartphone with no changes. Now, I know it's, they're using the, you know, the NTN standards, which are being finalized, but, you know, that's not here today. So the simple answer to your question is in terms of, you know, what differentiates us and how are we going to fend off the competition? We're doing it right now. And I think, you know, as these smartphones hit the market, um, People are going to, the users are going to come to know that, you know, the performance is really good and they can get it today. Uh, taking a step back a little bit, uh, I want to talk about the Federal Communications Commission uh, a little bit. Just in that sure. they're considering regulations this month uh, that would uh, provide more stability around this idea of using SATCOM to expand or supplement terrestrial networks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you had broad thoughts on what the, the commission should be doing or the government's place in creating an environment where you can deliver these services uh, and know what you can and can't do. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably not stick to what, you know, uh, I'm not the regulatory guy. Yeah, um, that's fine. But uh, I do, I would just say that, you know, today, you know, we have uh, our network. Um, we have uh, our, you know, almost, you know, over 2 million subscribers that we have today. Uh, and we've been off. We've been in business for you know 20 plus years, offering you know MSS or SATCOM services to a multitude of end users. Um, you know some of these companies that you know want to um, you know use their their either their satellite spectrum to do things you know terrestrially uh, or vice versa. I mean they've been out there. You know some some of the names are, are pretty well known, um, and they still haven't gotten it done yet. Right. So. Uh, my view is simply that, you know, when it comes to the FCC and regulatory, what others are doing, we're kind of focused on, you know, what we bring to the table. We feel really good about the fact that, you know, this is incremental to our business, right? This is, um, you know, we wanted to do this, this deal. Um, it is, you know, going to be very good for Iridium, Qualcomm, and Android end users. We didn't have to do it, right? We got a great thriving business today, um, but, uh, you know, once... After investing two plus years and working with Qualcomm, we're really glad that we got this done. And I think you know the incremental benefits that this is going to have for Iridium's business, Qualcomm's business, and Android OEMs out there is going to be is going to be impressive. 
Uh, you mentioned that Internet of Things connectivity earlier. I yeah. wanted to return to that just a bit. Sure. Uh, you know, the, the company credited uh, a lot of their growth in 2022 to that inter IoT connectivity yeah. uh, and how, the, how that demand is growing your subscriber base, yeah. right? Uh, I, I'm curious, do you expect that growth to continue in 2023? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, yeah. what's the limit? Yeah. So, you know, we came out with uh, our guidance, um, you know, in our first quarter earnings call. Um, and, you know, we're forecasting uh, OEBITDA between... 455 to 465 million in uh, 2023, which is significant growth over 2022. And IoT is one of the, the areas or lines of business that is helping support, helping to support and stimulate that growth. In particular, um, you know, directed device gets a lot of buzz out there, right? Mm -hmm. But we've been in the personal communications business for you know several years. I've been here for at Iridium 10 plus years. We've been in the personal communication space with particular partners like Garmin, right? The Garmin inReach is, uh, you know, drives, you know, a significant amount of our personal communications growth. We've got other companies like um, uh, Zolio and, and ACR who also have personal communications devices, somewhere labs. So we've been already in that space, but we have a very diverse IoT business, uh, ranging from heavy equipment OEMs like Caterpillar, Komatsu, Doosan, Hitachi, um, Sumitomo. These are world-class companies that rely on Iridium for um, telematics and connectivity when they're outside terrestrial coverage. Uh, we've also got um, a lot of activity in really, you know, disparate industries like, you know, fishing, um, the fishing industry. We've got a lot of uh, growth in IoT in aviation with UAVs that are going to be, you know, once the once that world gets a little bit more um, legislated, for lack of a better term, uh, we're going to be involved uh, heavily with UAVs because Iridium's technology, because you know we're global and because we're so reliable, we can fit a lot of capability into small devices. Um, you know, UAVs by their nature um, are going to rely on a communication capability to make sure they go where they're supposed to go, right? Um, so those are just a few examples of the areas of growth that, you know, when it comes to IoT, you know, everybody thinks about, you know, you know, your toaster and your refrigerator and all that <laughs> stuff, but we're into many different industries today already um, that rely on Iridium's technology for, um, for IoT connectivity. So, so Iridium has been in this space, this IoT oh, yeah. space for a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you go out in the conference today, you're gonna to hear a lot of people talking about IoT, about bringing that service on to whatever service or whatever company yep. they are with. Yeah. Uh, are you concerned about the increased competition there? Or do you feel like you're in a pretty secure place with where you are? We feel like we're in a, a good spot. You know, we have, um, we've got our lane, right? We've, you know, Matt is, Matt Dash, our CEO, and Tom Fitzpatrick, our CFO. They're very good at, you know, uh, you know, reinforcing that message with uh, with the industry, and uh, you know, I do that every time I get the opportunity uh, as well. So we really feel like where um, we are today in IoT, we're in a good spot, and our growth can continue. Now, by having this directed device uh, um, agreement with Qualcomm, does that help expand there, and does it help us compete with some of these these new entrants? Yes. Um, now we we will keep our eye on some of them. Right now, there's like I say, there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of new entrants. It's going to be interesting to see how many of them can remain funded, right? Yeah. Uh, given especially what happened over the weekend, um, 
And, you know, we're going to keep our eye on. There might be, you know, an NBIOT um, player out there that may, we might say, okay, um, just to, you know, diversify our, our reach a little bit, we could, you know, look at investing in uh, one or two of them so that, you know, there might be a capability that they can prove, provide down the road that maybe we would be better served by using their network and their service for that versus Iridium's network. So uh, we're pretty disciplined on the industries that we go after, the partners that we bring on to make sure that we can, you know, maintain that growth. All right, I think we'll wrap it right up right there. All right. Thanks, Brian. All right, Nathan, thank you. Take care. You've been listening to The Dish, a connectivity business news podcast. Thank you for your time and be sure to visit us at connectivitybusinessnews.com for more connectivity news.